0: Welcome to Fintech Unfiltered. This is Philip Ryan. And today we are talking to Gal Krubiner, CEO of Pagaya. Welcome, Gal.
1: Thank you very much.
0: For those who may not be uh, aware of what you do, can you tell us uh, from a high level what is what is Pagaya up to?
1: Sure. So I think the best way to describe Pagaya um, is looking on asset management. And we really try to redefine the space um, of how we are approaching the understanding of risk. So we have developed very unique AI capabilities in order to assess risk in a different level. We're focusing on fixed income only because we feel that computers got into stocks, like I guess in the early nineties and it's already overdone there, but no one really took the question of how fixed income is being priced and try to run it through very sophisticated models so we are trying to take i would say the era of regression and given it a new way of looking at it. and that's really the more sophisticated ai and deep learning type of algorithms
0: and so who are you doing this uh, on behalf of who are your customers
1: <clears throat> so one of the very interesting things that we did very early on and i think that's what i call as the pure fintech is that we never sold technology To any financial institutions because we figured that for them to embrace technology is just not easy therefore we went to offer them a financial instrument so therefore our product is a financial investment and the clients are anywhere from pension funds insurance companies banks that are trying to find better ways of investing and funny enough We have managed in a rather short time, I guess only a year from when we've got established to get these guys onboarded. Now, usually you can imagine that to sell a technology to that type of giants could take you two, three years, right?
0: Very long sales cycle in FinTech, notoriously long. long. Correct.
1: So we try to approach the way of like, let's ask the question of what they use to consume. What is the regular way for them to buy products? And we change our proposition into the very easy and fast way for them to so-called bite and that's why i like it as a pure fintech because we really took the technology and we created a wrapper around it which is the fin to be able to deliver it on a very easy and kind of seamless um, solution to the different institutions around.
0: Yeah, because we had coffee maybe a year ago or so, and you were just starting out. I think since then you've raised a couple hundred million dollars, something like that. Yes. Yeah, so,
1: <laughs> so yes, that that's that's correct. A lot happened since. So I think today we're managing something around three hundred and fifteen million dollars. Um, we have started officially the first fund that we did launched in October two thousand sixteen. So it's like. Only two years, running from the first $250,000 ticket from a wealthy guy in Israel, and up until managing today tickets of 40 and 50 million dollars for institutional clients. To that, we just closed an equity round for the company um, of 14 million dollars. Um, Harvey Golub was the one who led the round. He's coming from. He was the ex-CEO of Amex and AIG, so he has endless amount of knowledge (laughs) in finance and we're learning every day um when we are with him and and together with him oak hcft which again have a very good focus on more i would say hardcore financial solutions driven by technology so trisha and annie and matt very strong team that brings us a lot of expertise to the table and alongside with them some other institutional clients who want join so yeah that's pretty much I think since we last time met yes that's the big, and
0: that's, you've been busy too so what what's your average day like I know you're always hopping on planes and flying off to somewhere or other <laughs> yeah
1: fortunately but <laughs> to be honest I, I think I, I rather like it than other people like it's okay but even for that you have a point where you're saying that's enough um, usually I think my day to day job is being kind of divided by three main sectors so the main one still chasing after new clients and spreading the word of how ai is a better way for managing fixed income assets so meeting a lot of institutional clients across the us and around the world the other part would be figuring more partnerships and enabling other ways to deploy our technology so if you call it going into new asset classes such as auto loans, I just traveled to a very interesting uh, Texas uh, area, which they are the producer of that loan, theoretically, not theoretically, practically. Um, So a lot of partnerships, development, business development, stuff like that. And the third pillar is uh, managing what we have. So we have already a lot of clients, a lot of uh, funds, a lot of activity, um, almost 40 employees. So the third part, two offices, New York, Israel. So the third pillow, I would say, is managing the internal stuff and making sure everything, you know, there is something about asset management, which is very, very on the spot. So you can, you need to make sure you're doing the right thing, not just once a year, but every day. So I think that's the third and most, uh, I would call it specific.
0: Right, right. That sounds, that sounds busy. So asset management, uh, people (laughs) describe it as one of the most vulnerable areas to, disruption by AI which I think your evidence uh, you provide evidence of uh, w- what is the future of this uh, it, are do humans have a role in this at all
1: so it's' it's, it's a great uh, it's a great question um, and I think that we can observe other type of changes that happen with AI and understand where it's leading us to um, anywhere from what I said before equities trading which you know, the, the, the employees, so to speak, moved from traders, portfolio managers and, and other fundamental analysis to computer science, programmers, um, to, you know, uh, physicians um, and mathematicians and some other things. So I think will be a shift of the type of employees in that industry. And you can see the same in driverless cars. So back in the days, it was all about drivers, right? Today, it's more about how we develop the computer. We do it alone. So, I think the same type of of change we're gonna we're gonna see um in in asset management and interestingly enough, on the credit side, the same type of employees or people that worked there forty years ago are the same ones today mm. and I think that
0: have their jobs changed significantly no. Yeah
1: almost nothing has changed. They are still looking on balance sheets and on income statements and stuff like that. It's amazing. It's amazing. And you think about an equity trader, like if you will ask a Wall Street guy, how many, how many equity traders in knew in the 90s and how many know now? The answer is almost zero today, right? Now, how many portfolio managers or traders in fixed income you know around the world? Still a bunch of them these type of areas are very valuable because they are still four deals behind other
0: places. And the solutions are coming, you think, that are going to, to so, disrupt this?
1: The big disruption that managed to move that in the past and maybe we'll do that in the future is when the type of, um, I would call it marketplaces for trading, is becoming electronically traded. So it's starting to happen. It happened a lot in consumer credit in the US. Everything is almost electronically, auto loans, etc. And the question is, when it will start happening? in high bonds, senior loans, and other asset classes. I think, as always, it will start slowly and then explode, right? So it's just like you need to see the very small starting points, and then it's like...
0: I think a lot of people would be surprised that some of these major, like high high dollar loans, and all these things are traded in very antiquated ways. And, and the higher up you go, and the more r- rarefied levels of finance, the more primitive some of the <laughs> technology uses. A is. senior loan today
1: to trade in the U.S. still with fax machine, and it's T plus twenty four. Wow! So it takes twenty four days to settle that things. Now, you know, I think there is a place where potentially it will happen before even the senior loans and the very high traded bonds, where AI, I think, is going to have a lot of impact. And again, mainly because a lot of money, VC money is being dropped there, real estate. Mm. So if you look on what Matt Harris is doing from Bain, he targeted real estate as one of the most interesting areas where things can move from the very slow, you know, paper discussion, mortgages to something which is more electronically approval. And and people are changing that type of of, um, processes. And when these processes are being changed, it allows us as the backdoor of the, the, call it, that the ones who are providing the liquidity for that to be able to look on it on ways that was not being able to look on it before. right? And that's where I think AI and investing is gonna have a lot of change. So we are kind of, think about us as a predators who are looking to see where well, there is a new world that data is becoming the most interesting part and not just the access. And then we're after that and trying to squeeze the most data and capabilities from it. And if you speak about Roofstock, Roofstock is allowing you to buy a home with a click today. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's obvious that the next place we're going to play in is buying homes through Roofstock. <laughs> we don't have the manpower and the money yet to do that, yeah. but we're <laughs> going get them. Because that's a perfect place where if you come with capabilities of understanding how to price risk, you will be better off just looking in the neighborhood. And there is always this, 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 this belief that and started the same consumer credit that people are now. You need to look in the eyes, in the in the guy eyes. Right, right, right. Like a credit officer will know better than machine. Right. The same thing here. People will say, "No, a brokerage that is coming from a very specific area. will have a better understanding."
0: That's the last defense of any dying defense. industry. You need to look the person in the eye. For well, me. yeah. <laughs> So there's there's so much more data available. So you talk about real buying real estate. I can look and I can see what all my neighbors' houses are worth, and I can see all this information. So much more than in the past. Data is the fuel of AI. So it it's only it, it's I'm going to use that one. Oh yeah. So it's I'm going to use that. One. <laughs> so it's a natural flow right into these systems that are that are empowering people more transparency, uh, more information, more speed. But I hadn't heard that about uh Matt Harris. I mean, that's interesting. So he's uh that's he that's his current focus.
1: And his current focus from the other side, from how easy it is for the call it the borrower, the person to buy house, to set house. So like VCs are usually looking on the consumers. Right. They're trying to offer them like they're trying to back companies who can offer a better or easy way to do things, right? Then, again, being very um very hard cut here, but trying to just to, to give the, the 50 cents of it. So he is investing a lot in these places and some others too, making it easier and more transparent, as you said, to be able to do that things. And for us, it's making, it, it's that's the producer of the fuel that you just mentioned, right? That's the mining of the fuel. Right, right. So they are investing in a lot of companies they are creating this availability of data and the ability to kind of buy and sell easily. And for us, that's what we need as a setup to move to the next place. Right,
0: right so talking about 2019 everyone says well ai uh, is going to transform all areas of financial services what do you look at more specifically as what's going to be uh, new technologies or or new services available in 2019 so
1: in in terms of new services i believe that again from the very simple consumer who will be able to do many more things with like I think the human interaction is going down and down in finance mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. see that even from very simple rules that people are coming and saying just don't do the very basic mistakes of selling when it's low and buying when it's high, and up until trying even to predict what would be the behavior of the person and trying to give you know the kind of counter to it so if you will ask me in 2019, again, it's a bit, it's a bit tough to speak in, in 12 months' time because it's a very short time in terms of technology. But still having said that, I think that 2018 was the year where different big organizations finally understood that this is the way to move forward. I think that 2019 is going to be a year of a lot of planning. So if you ask any major institutional institutional investor or big asset manager in their 2019 uh, work plan they have deployment of AI mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. they are in the stage, the stage of figuring it out still the amount of data scientists who are working in BlackRock whatever is low mm-hmm. whatever is being called as a quant in finance is not really a quant in data science it's two different words and I think 2019 will be the first year where we will start to see not just the newspaper is talking about that, but real dollars are going into that, and not just by the VCs, hmm. but by the big institutions. And that's what we saw as the first change in 2019. Sorry, 18. Yep. And yep. we think it's going to become more, you know, actionable in 2019.
0: Right. On the consumer side, I thought 2018 was a year of erosion of trust in the tech companies, right? We Suddenly, people... Well, Facebook, obviously, is a flaming that, yeah. plane crash. Uh, but people people are losing faith in... people. Are, there's a growing awareness of the, their data going out there and, and a lack of trust in how it's being used. I don't know. Maybe I'm overestimating no, consumer I agree, awareness.
1: But I think that on the other way, if you speak about... Um, financial, f- f- like financial companies to consumers, yep, yep. like fintech companies. Yeah, I think the opposite. Think about that. For the first time in history, um, Goldman Sachs introduced right. Marcus. So right, right, right. They got billions of dollars from different people in the U.S. Now, if you will ask someone ten years ago. And you will tell him, you will put money in a place where you cannot speak with a person. It's only electronically available. And so on and so forth. So he will tell you, no way. Right. Right? And Robinhood is another example, a great example for that. And um, it's
0: Goldman Sachs, right? People, 10 years ago, people hated Goldman Sachs. Correct.
1: So, so I think that
0: I fully agree with you on the
1: on the social media, yep. and the very, call it, um, um, more data-driven kind of companies for that things. but. Right. In pure finance, I think the opposite. I think people start to believe that, yes, maybe computers can do better with people. Like, I don't really, like, in our age, people don't want to speak with the banker. Mm-hmm. We don't want to speak with the banker, right? So I, I think, like, the, 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 the understanding that you can have a trust, not just between people, but between people and machines, is starting mm-hmm. to be created in finance more than everywhere.
0: That's a really interesting observation. I, I always quote this guy, Gene Pranger, who is one of the pioneers of video banking. So he created the service where you could choose any means of interacting with your banker. He said ninety nine percent of people choose text crazy. when it comes down to it. Crazy. <laughs> Everyone loves to text. Um, so what about these crazy markets? What what how do you make sense of what's going on every day? I'm scared to look at the at the Dow Jones every day. So
1: disclaimer here, I'm super happy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'm biased
1: and I will explain a bit why <laughs> when everything is so nice and you can just whatever smart or so-called stupid money just putting it in S&P and creating 8% right, a year gently rising It's right. good so for the dumb money th- th- there is a big question of why you need anyone in, in finance management right in right. asset management now this is a great reminder for me that there is much more into finance than just buying a passive ETF in S&P 500, right? Or buying all the, you know, I, it, you cannot imagine how many good friends I had in Israel were walking in the text scene "Who is like, ah, I'm super bullish about Facebook, uh, Netflix, etc. I'm going to buy all of them and just wait. And now they see minus 40, they're just selling because they're so fear, right? Right, right. So for us is, is some some way positive i have to admit and sorry about that (laughs) for all the people who got 30 percent less in their bank account (laughs) having said that i would i would say that i think more than ai and the solutions to that is starting to look on more niche markets Mm -hmm. so i think the very call it easy rallies of stocks longer duration um, liquidity premium and the very basic ways of investor to get more of his money was done in the last five years and I think that allocators of capital will be observed very carefully and being kind of ranked in these days because the one who will do just the same will do the market and maybe you know will, will have the same upside that they have and the same downside coming forward and volatility is here to stay I right? truly believe it I think that the one who will have guts Mm -hmm. and will start to ask the question of how we are reducing volatility while keeping the same ability to create the upside, these are going to be the winners. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing is that since everything started, call it two, three months ago, the demand for our product, for a niche market, for consumer credit, for auto loans, for others, is becoming more and more like dominant in this space of these social clients mm-hmm. so they are looking to find their biggest problem is that they need to deploy money and they have new money coming in every day <laughs> and the one who taking the approach of let's try to find new places to put the money where we believe it's not super correlated to the very
0: overall markets
1: i think the one is going to be the
0: winners right? So is AI better able to handle the volatile markets than uh, Correct. Humans? I think
1: Yeah, I think that, again, the ability of getting disconnected from the fears, I think- The, the emotional. The emotional part. Right. I think that sometimes we, we have biases in, you know, sometimes even you think something is very extraordinary and then you're asking, okay, how much standard deviation it is, which is the very basic way of asking how random is that or how- or how unique it is. Mm-hmm. And you would be surprised that the human mind is considered everything much more kind of extreme than what it is actually is. Right. So I think we're we creature who are set up to like what we saw yesterday and to believe it and to hope it will be the same as tomorrow. And if anything's changing a bit, we think the world is gone. The world is not gone. Everything's fine. I think computers are better on that
0: than humans. Last question: what, what do you see about the future for uh, cryptocurrency? Wow! That's a good... <laughs> because I'm coming
1: like in that I'm a bit more traditional guy because yeah. I'm dealing more with institutional clients. Yeah, did institutions
0: ever show any Zero. Yeah,
1: zero. Yeah, that's like. I I think that this is one of the great examples of how media and ability to influence the audience is pushing things to places which are irrational. I think, and again now everyone says it, so it's not that unique, but I said it even before, that the crypto as a technology could still exist. As a currency, it's bigger than that, it's countries, it's central banks, it's like People think that money is, is 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 a driver of a buy and sell of a cup of coffee. Not, it's not. It's a way to control inflation. It's a way to control um, debt. It's it's much bigger kind of powers that we as call it the regular human being don't see because we're not behind the scenes right. of their places. So I'm not I'm not very positive on that. Um, and and another and another thing I saw that I think that people tend to think that. The, the crypto or these type of things are the solution for everything and then you see things that never worked in the past and then people are coming and saying okay we'll do this marketplace now with crypto and it will work no it's the fundamental question not how you transfer money right. so a lot of startups are got, got money because of crypto name but eventually the business model doesn't work so it doesn't matter if you deliver the money in crypto or if you deliver the money in a very regular form of dollars, right? Right. So these are the two observations.
0: It was a lot of wishful thinking uh, involved. Correct. Uh, Gal, uh, thank you so much. Great conversation. Uh, Here's to a great 2019 for Pagaya.
1: I wish you the same,
0: and thank you very much for having me. All right, thank you everyone for listening to FinTech Unfiltered. We'll see you later.